Welcome to the CBD Ed Show with Ed Cheney, a CBD industry expert and business executive. In this program, we will discuss the uses of CBD and other methods of treatment that are alternatives but also complement conventional medicines. Now, here is your host, Ed Cheney. Welcome, listeners, to the CBD Ed Show. I'm your host, Ed Cheney, along with the absolutely stunning Kimberly Rose. Thank you, Ed. Hello, everyone. Yeah. So I think we have a very unique show. We normally come with lots of knowledge. We come with clinical study reviews. Today, we're going off the cuff. We're going to be raw. And we're talking to a segment of the population, the baby boomers, because the baby boomers have a very unique position when we talk about cannabis in general they were there back in the days you know when cannabis was looked at as only recreational so yeah they the bands the yeah so so they have that perspective on it whereas when you move over to millennials they see it quite different they also see it recreational but they were brought up to see some of the medicinal. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, it was fun back in the day when we were younger, mm-hmm. and uh, but it also got demonized. Oh, of course, uh, of course. So that stigma seems to still want to hold on with a lot of the baby boomers. Yeah, yeah, there were lots of moms out there that were very concerned about their children. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, I mean, there was a whole campaign we're on drugs so, <laughs> right and and, and and let's let's give a little bit of credit to woodstock too yeah pretty well, sure they shoved that movement into high gear <laughs> <laughs> hey i think our baby boomer in here is kind of smiling at that comment so uh, today i'm sorry to interrupt no i think we all do we not all qualify as baby boomers here? yes we do okay we were all baby boomers here but from kim and i's perspective we're able to look across all the different generations and sense their their needs, their buying habits, their trends. And the one that stands out the most to us is baby boomers. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of time they have to overcome some conflict. And it's that conflict that'll probably show up the most today in our conversation. Is what are those internal and external struggles that the baby boomer generation is facing? They were the largest group of uh, the largest population uh, in the United States. They're now second to the millennials. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know where, where they fell yep. any longer um, yeah. or we fell. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, natural trend, by the way. Right. Uh, so we thought we would, well, let's invite our guest. Uh, and then we're going to share some statistics with you first that might help pave the way for a more in-depth conversation, since it's going to be raw, unedited, unrehearsed. Right. Yeah. All right. So uh, first, our guest here is Steve, who lives in the Pacific Northwest region of the United States. Interesting thing about our guest is we decided not to disclose too much information, because much like Kimberly and I, when we very first started this journey, 
uh, on the CBD Ed show two years ago, we were a little hesitant to be completely transparent. Now, we certainly have overcome that. Well, yeah, because I think, again, it's those stigmas. Of, yeah, oh, of course. Oh, you do this. Oh, yeah. you do that. And we're all professionals still. We're still working. Yeah, right. So, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. We're thinking our employees have got to go, whoa, what, what'd she just say? <laughs> anyway, but since, I mean, we're, we're two years in, so of course we're past this. But we would like to give the respect to our guest today, not so much. You know, it's, it's a respect thing, but we also wanted to be able to open the dialogue up, make it very transparent. Yeah. Because that's where people pick up the real nuggets of information. Right. And we're talking about the whole plant. We're not just talking about CBD. We absolutely are. Today will be cannabis. Mm -hmm. That means the family of plants, which include both the marijuana and the hemp. Yes. And all their strains. So, well, let's play around with some statistics. So, uh, my first statistic was, who the hell's using it? So, when I look across the three, some of the some of the, the three biggest users, uh, the or the, the I'm sorry, let me let me back up. The generations that we will be talking about today only are these three because any age younger than this is not really exposed to cannabis. Well, right. The nexters and so forth. Sure. Only boomers, millennials, and Gen Xers. Actually, I said that wrong. Let me give it to you in the order, just in case somebody's struggling with what age groups. We have boomers, Gen X, and millennials. Boomers are 54 years of old, 54 to 64 years old. Gen X is 39 to 54, and millennials are 21 to 38. Okay. Right. So how about those people that are over... Uh, would you say 74 uh, over over the older than 64 yeah weren't a big enough population to have a discussion okay All right but they're meaningful to you and I totally yeah. agree great question but not meaning meaningful enough to have in this conversation okay so well uh, one of the first things I saw in here is a statistic that they titled I don't have any problems with this so of the boomers reported 46 percent i do not have any problems with this gen xers 39 to 54 46 percent i do not have any problem with this so from 39 all the way up to 64 46 percent i do not have a problem with this then we go to what really surprised me was millennials down to 37 percent significant jump in my opinion and I tried to figure out why, and I believe it has to do with conditions. Both of these age groups, both Gen X and Boomers, you know, have backs that hurt, trying to get off prescription drugs and, and such as that. And by the way, this statistic, there's other statistics I'll share today that will back that up too. So I might be cheating because I was able to look at it. Look <laughs> ahead. Yeah. Well, you definitely get uh, get your as you age, the aches and pains just can be overwhelming. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, let's see. How about another one? This is something I do on occasion. All right. Well, millennials took the lead on this one. Yeah. Millennials just twenty one percent, where Gen X was nineteen and Boomers were twenty one. How about? This is something I do 
regularly. Now, this would be interesting. I'll say it again. This is something I do regularly. Who do you think would be number one? Oof. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick the Gen X. Oh, I'm sorry. Did they really make that noise? Okay, so, no, millennials by 11%. Okay. Gen X is 9%, so second runner-up. And then boomers follow at 6%. Now, that's really all I wanted to share from that report. Now, are they talking cannabis, like THC? Uh, they are across the board. So, I'm going yeah, to say that the millennials, when we divide it between hemp and marijuana... Millennials are more regular users of marijuana than hemp. Gotcha. They don't have the conditions, though, so that kind of makes sense. Right. Uh, just a few more facts, and then we'll bring in a conversation with our guests. So when we talk about medical and recreational, let's, let's see that. So for the millennials, medical is at 22%. So that means they're either using hemp or marijuana for medical reasons. But look over here at the baby boomers, and I see 50%. So over twice as much mm -hmm. as the millennials. Now that kind of compared to the earlier, they don't have any conditions yet. Yeah. So, oh, we'll, we'll go. Uh, let's see. Let's move to another one. Millennials, top use for medical is chronic pain and that they'll use 27% surveyed reported chronic pain was their big one migraines managing nausea arthritis was a little bit lower weight loss we kind of had a show on that one did we mm -hmm. autism and irritable bowel syndrome that was their uses for medical marijuana how about the boomers? Okay, number one, arthritis. Yeah. Kind of makes sense. Number two, chronic pain, then cancer, migraines, weight loss, managing nausea, and autism. Uh, so anxiety isn't showing up anywhere, huh? It is not. How old is this? Uh, this was 2020. Ah. Yep. Uh, I bet you could take that poll now. Could be. Yeah, the anxiety, especially over the COVID time, there were lots of statistics that I didn't get a chance to get access to that these numbers really changed. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'll share one. So the average monthly spend among both of these generations, both the millennial and the boomers, was $76 a month. And then I read that it increased by $26 a month during COVID. Mm -hmm. So you would be correct. Ch things changed. Of both of those generations, they were also asked the question, do you feel there is a cultural stigma surrounding cannabis? 57%, so over half of them said, absolutely. Yeah. All right, which is kind of feeding our conversation today. All right, how about recreational reasons? Millennials, relaxation was their biggest. Anxiety is in there. Okay. Uh, sleep is in there now for the baby boomers relaxation was also at the top mm -hmm. anxiety was in there as well i do not have in this survey sleep but i thought a lot of uh, boomers had sleep issues uh, but it was not reported in this study huh. 
Yeah, because that's probably the majority of my customers uh, in that age group. I'm trying to think right now. I would say the majority is sleep and then pain is right behind that. Yep. Yeah. This is an interesting, I don't know if it's relevant, but I thought it was interesting. Hey, as a millennial, what time of the day would they use cannabis? As a millennial? Yeah. I'm going to say they're a little more carefree and they might do it a little earlier than us baby boomers. I was surprised. I, I agree. Well, the, the statistics agree with you. Yeah. By quite a bit. So millennials in the morning, no let's problem. do it. Let's get her done. Oh. And baby boomers, they do not start until the evening. Yeah. And then their numbers jump up pretty high. Yeah. It just gets in the way of my day if I, yep. if I, yeah, bacon, what All do right. they call it? I can't wake and bake. <laughs> wake and bake. <laughs> Cute term. All right. So now we have uh, last one. How about delivery? So it looks like inhaling. That's with a pipe joint or a blunt. Not a not a vaporizer. Uh -huh. Not a, okay. Fifty percent that uh, millennials will use that and inhale fifty percent of the time. Yep. Where boomers will only use it thirty nine percent of the time. Mm -hmm. Now. It's still the highest for both. So both groups will do that more than they will do anything else. They prefer the combusting. They do. Of the flower. Mm -hmm. Okay. Of the plant. Yeah. Which, by the way, probably is something that has been brought up by cigarettes and cigars and such as that. Mm -hmm. um, edibles was pretty high for millennials. A little bit lower for boomers. I thought that was interesting. Capsules, big for boomers, not so big for millennials. Yeah. Topicals, equal on both, but kind of low down on the, on the list. But I also think in the last two years, topicals have ramped up. Yeah. Well, because they, they work. I yeah. mean, if you get a good topical, it, it really does a great job. Yeah. Uh, here's a statistic you were interested in. Consuming more cannabis since COVID-19. Millennials, 36% of them said, I consumed more during COVID. Boomers, 44%. Yeah. Almost half said, yep, I stepped it up. All righty. So there is a little bit of facts that will help us, you know, kind of engage in this conversation. So, Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ed and Kimberly. Welcome. Glad to be here. Yes. I know he is. I can tell, but I'm wondering, are you nervous? I'm a bit nervous. Yeah, because uh, I know this is new. So we first want to say thank you. Yes. Thank you for coming down to the studio and being a part of this and be willing to share, uh, you know, your thoughts on this. Because, again, do you also see what we see that the, the millennials are in a unique situation here? Millennials or baby boomers? Oh, uh, you're right. Thank you, Kim. Can you see that the, the baby boomers are in a unique spot here where they have stigma from the past and they have all this input today about how it's different and they're just in this bit of a conflict? I would definitely agree with that. Okay. So let's start out with uh, how did you come to considering cannabis recently? Recently would be mostly pain 
Um, I had back surgery about eight years ago, and it just didn't go well and just have been in pain ever since. Um, smoking marijuana was something I did on a uh, basis that uh, I could do on the weekends, but not during the week. It was because of my job. So, um, you know, I found other things, uh, pharmaceuticals. They yeah. were easy to take, and uh, I could pretty much adjust them to take care of my pain. Okay. But after a while, you know, it starts to get addictive, which is in the back of my head all the time, saying, well, I don't want to be addicted to it. Right. So what do I do to get out of it? Well... Started hearing about these um, uh, THC and cannabis and um, slowly learning about it and slowly starting to use them. Um, How did you come about learning from it? What were some of the resources uh, that you remember the most? Where where was that information coming into you? I would say mostly media. Media, okay. Maybe some friends. Friends. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it, again, media is a, a huge influence, both negative and positive. Yeah. And then if you, I have a lot of customers say, yeah, my, my friend gave me or my, you know, my son gave me or somebody gave them something and they didn't have a bad uh, experience. Right. So then they became curious. Sure. Does that sound familiar? I, yes. All right. Sounds familiar to me too. Yeah. Actually, that was really well put. I mean, I hear it a lot. Yeah. I hear it a lot. I'll be doing. Are we speaking like brownies and chocolates? Sure. You know, a little edibles. edibles easy, easy, easy stuff. Easy into things. Yeah. You know, I think, of course, the biggest warning with any edible is cut it in half before <laughs> you eat it. Right. <laughs> Some people didn't get that warning. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, but I hate that because then they're, they're, then they're scared. Right. Yeah. Then they're scared, and I keep the customers that come in that are afraid. I, I I walk them through it. It's really just about that milligram. It's that number. You've got right. to find that number for you. Now, w- before we get further, though, can you share what with us what your cannabis use was in earlier days? You don't have to be specific, but just a general. Were you absolutely no cannabis, or did you use recreational cannabis, and were comfortable? I think that's all we want to find out. Where were you back in the early days? Well, I liked smoking it. Um, problem was, was uh, uh, being around other people. I felt mm. uncomfortable. And so I usually did it by myself or before going to bed. Uh, like I said, I couldn't go to work with it because it was just facing the customer and you're trying to be on top of your game and it's just not happening. Sure, sure. All right. But you were comfortable. I'm hearing comfortable. Yes. All right. So when when medicinal cannabis showed up, what was your, where were were you struggling with or did you struggle at all when you were first, you had the first opportunities to to test it out? Well, I I tested it out, but apparently you need to have... uh, a buildup of the of cannabis in your system in order for it to start doing the things that you're expecting it to. So I tried um, multiple different kinds, and I found that I wasn't really getting any anywhere with it. So I backed away from it, and then I kind of came back to it and back and forth with it. And so I, I, the understanding I have is I need to build up some of this into my system to 
for it to start taking effect on mostly the pain. Um, I also have high blood pressure. I'd like to get off those medications, so I understand that this is uh, a, a good use of, of the cannabis, so I'm willing to give it a try. Yeah, and I would imagine, I would imagine that's probably a pretty common experience with somebody in the baby boomer group. Come, yeah, I tried it. Didn't really uh, do what I thought it was going to do. Well, yeah, I mean, we, uh, we all want instant gratification. We all want it to work immediately. Even though, if you think about it, your doctor gives you something, well, except for, you know, like a prescription painkiller, that does work immediately. Um, a, a lot of medications, you, your doctor will say, you know, we're going to do this for 30 days, and we'll come back, we'll do your blood work, we'll check you out, we'll see what's going on. So it's just like anything else that you're trying to manage on a daily basis. You need to, you know, and unfortunately, cannabis, there's not a doctor there telling you what to do. You're kind of doing it on your own for the most part. Hopefully, if you go to a, a good CBD store, somebody will give you some guidance. But um, so you're on your own. So you're trying to figure it out and people just give up because it doesn't do exactly what you need to do when you want it to do it. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. You got to play with it and you got to figure it out and you have to go through your day, your day and your night. So, so those are the things that I would recommend is that you, again, start very low and then try and figure out your milligrams. Journaling is always good. We, we always try and talk to our customers about um, writing it down. What milligrams did you take in the morning? Did it work? Did it not? Do you need to increase, increase? Where do you need to go? And then try and figure that out for a good two weeks. Yeah. And then if you feel like you need to come back to the store and talk to somebody, you can. So I, you always have really good coaching. Yeah. So I'm really glad you shared that piece. Uh, but let, let me go back to the baby boomer. And because, again, I'm going to probably sense that there's a lot of baby boomers out there that might have done the same thing yeah. so what i'd like to understand a little bit more is what was stopping the initial experience now here's why i asked the question and all of you listeners can probably connect to this you know people in the baby boomer generation that their first try was incredible the first try gave sure. them the results they were looking for yeah and then some first try, like Steve was sharing with us, not so much. And from human behavior, it's either one or the other of these two. Either your expectations were too high or it did not work. So it's one of those two. Now, and there's lots of conversations to be had after that, and we shouldn't probably waste our time having those. But let's talk through that a bit to try to understand why there is that difference. Because as we see the statistics, those baby boomers are using it for medicinal purposes. Yes. And baby boomers are aging, much like Steve said. He recognized that prescription medications had this possible terrible outcome. That was... You have to keep taking more. Yeah. To get the same result. Yeah. So, And, and that's got to be looming over a lot of 
baby boomers. I know a baby boomer that was fighting with both the pharmaceutical, the disease of cancer, and still looked at cannabis like it was the gateway to heroin. And, and just to watch that battle, that internal battle, and I'm not trying to sway anybody, but watching that internal ba- battle was, it, it, it was, it was, it was hard, bro. I was heartbroken watching it, but even more is once that mind shift switched over and that person tried it, the relief was crazy rewarding. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It, and it can be, and, 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 uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how to get people past it. I try and be very reassuring when I talk to them. Uh, I try and be very almost, you know, not like a doctor, but a matter of factly. This is what you need to do. This yeah. is when you need to do it. And this is how you need to do it. And then they, they kind of let go of that uncertainty of, are, am I going to fall down? Am I get, I'm talking about older people, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, what's going to happen to me? Am I going to be high? So it's interesting you brought that up. Uh, and I've watched your consulting. You use, you even use prescription tab uh, tablets to document and, and send that away with the customer. I'm going to throw that question over to you, Steve. How did you feel about the initial knowledge of how to use whatever product was given to you? So I'd say that uh, it was a negative because when I was first introduced to it, I was introduced to the wrong side of it. Um, I'm still trying to get the cannabis and THC figured out. But um, as I got older, the uh, THC, of course, has gotten way better than it was when I was younger. And it got me really stoned to the point where my just functioning normally was not there. Okay. And so um, now I'm being introduced to cannabis, if I'm right to say that. Okay. And I don't get stoned. I get this really kind of a mellow kind of feeling where um, I can still function. It's nice. Yeah. And I think I just need to take it enough and find where my, I guess, milligrams come from. Sure. Yeah. Uh, before I find some relief in my, in my back the most. Um, I have used it for um, like strained muscles, uh, shoulder pain, you know, just typical old man stuff, you know, and, and it seems to work pretty good. Um, you got to stay on top of it though. I've, I've found. So, you know, like I said, when I first was introduced to it, I was introduced to it in the wrong way. Uh, the people that introduced it to me didn't really know what they were, I guess, selling. So, um, education, I think education is, as is going to be the answer to, um, change people's minds well you mind if i dig into that just a little bit more sure i know that's (laughs) what we do around here (laughs) so do you also believe that as you were given products and people were talking to you about those products that it's possible that you that some of you and others might have a block that is that was supported by the stigma of back in the 70s. Like, this can't be true. So you almost, half of your brain turns off some of the input you're getting from these because your other side of your brain, your left brain, goes in and says, I'm gonna take over this conversation. Mm 
So I would have to say um, how I, I perceived marijuana was to cover up the pain. Um, if I was so stoned, then Good. I wouldn't realize I was in pain. Yeah. So I looked at it that way, and um, nobody really could tell me any different. So, mm, yeah, I mean, I looked at it in one way and one way only. It's like, this is what it's done for me all these years, and now that I'm in pain, if I smoke enough of it, I won't feel it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that completely makes a ton of sense. Yeah, because no, I'm not going to say no one, but they don't, most people don't understand that it's the inflammation that is being reduced that is also reducing the pain. Yeah, right. So, again, I always tell my customers, don't wait for the pain. Use it every morning. <laughs> good point. I think Very this is point. what he was learning. Yeah. Yeah. Use it every morning. Don't wait. Yeah. All right. I think this is a time to take a break because when we come back, we're going to start more of these conversations that hopefully other baby boomers are connecting to as long as it stays genuine. So what we'll do is we'll take a break for our sponsors and then we come back. We're going to finish this conversation. <laughs> we're going to keep digging. Okay. So we will be right back. Live authentically, heal naturally with Canafil. We have three unique blends for pain relief, reducing stress, and promoting healthy sleep. Visit Canafil.com for the convenience of online shopping that includes free shipping. Or if you're in Arizona, stop by our store in Phoenix for personal consultation and product selection. Our friendly staff is here to help you. All of our products have full third-party testing and a seven-day satisfaction guarantee. Call 480-599-1003 or visit Canafil.com. Canafil, giving you your life back. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to the CBD Ed Show. If you have a question that you'd like addressed on a future episode of our program, please send an email to info at the CBDEdShow.com. That's info at the CBDEdshow.com. Now, back to the CBD Ed Show. Welcome back, listeners to CBDH Show. Here we are with Kimberly Rose and Steve that lives in the Pacific Northwest region. <laughs> we should probably talk about that, but we're not going to. Anyway, 
And I know you're out here visiting, and I know the weather stinks in the Pacific Northwest region. And it's pretty damn nice out here. It's a nice break. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Anyway, let's keep talking. So we talked a little bit about internal struggles. And I certainly connected some dots with that because being a baby boomer myself. But I, I'm both Kimberly and I are a little bit different because we are immersed in it. Yeah. And let's, re let's remember, I know we said this many shows ago, when I first met Ed, he and I told him I do cannabis for, for sleep. And he was like, what? Why? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> I don't do that. No, that is not. No, that's not my thing. Well, I'm, a, I'm the only one at this table that wasn't cannabis friendly. Right. You right. were not throughout yeah. the years, right? Right. Yeah. It's a good thing you met me. Right. <laughs> and, and we were looked down by people like him. Oh, yes, we were. Oh, you, you should have seen I that. I absolutely, absolutely can see that. Uh-huh. The snubbing I got when, I, when he first found out. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what your problem is, but. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I no, will that's, teach you. That is, that is very relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, because I've been using it for years for sleep. How'd you guys know years you were moving years. to the second topic? external struggles <laughs> because that's really what that is isn't it yeah it really is just again uh, the media did a fantastic job of uh, laying the pathway uh, for that yes i, I mean they really absolutely did. agree and and they brought the kids in and the whole yeah. gateway and yada 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 i mean they did a great job and and for the most part um they just terrorized us like they always do because I don't think the war on drugs was successful in any way. Everybody shifted Nobody. over to pharmaceuticals and every other drug under the sun. You almost want to think that it had an ulterior motive. Yeah. An, ag an agenda under the agenda. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. So, so that is, in fact, one of the external struggles. And uh, if I were to put in my two cents, likely it was the biggest one for the baby boomers because of their unique position of having access to it in the 70s and now having access to today's hemp, you know, in the in 2022. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there was a lot of things that um, probably added to the stigma of marijuana. I mean, you, I've said it before also, Cheech and Chong didn't help the situation, <laughs> those type of movies and being portrayed as, you know, some stoned out kids oh they the were just incapable doing of doing stupid stuff. anything right yeah but so, messing stuff up yeah <laughs> i know i'm not i don't appreciate it, all of those um those movies and those types of situation funny funny yes but they just contributed to yeah parents going see do you see yeah fast times at ridgeman high <laughs> yeah tennis you on the head <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, what other, and, and we'll need you for this one too, Kim, what other external struggles are there? But let's first start with if Steve has any, and you may not, and we've already discussed the, the people, the influence of those around us, uh, unless there's more to add there. Was there parents? Was there? Um, mine was, because I owned a business for several years, uh, was be able to do it in front of my customers it yeah. just didn't happen um, right. 
Um, I mean, just as I know, when you're stoned, uh, they certainly walked in the door and looked at you and said, you're stoned. I don't know if I want to do my business here. So um, it was put to the side. My business was worth more than, than, than the product. Yeah. So he is sharing an external struggle right now because back in the day, consuming cannabis in one way or the other led to I'm stoned yeah. and I can't function. That is not reality today. And it hasn't been reality for a while. Right. Yeah. You can consume cannabis. You can consume hemp all day long and not be stoned. So again, that's another external is that the stigma of the plant's history had created this in his brain and there was nothing else there to replace it. Exactly. And also um, not knowing that there really are two different plants yeah. and they are the opposite of each other, the same, but the opposite. Yep, yep. So that is why uh, the hemp plant has, and CBD has just been lumped in to this other side of the plant yeah. that people are struggling with realizing there's yeah. a difference. And, and when Kim says opposite, let me, let me give a good, small, short clarity on this. There's only one real big difference. They both have all cannabinoids. They share the cannabinoids in each plant. Both plants have CBD. Both plants have CBN, CBJ, CB, all of those. They all have terpenes and flavonoids. Both plants have them all. The only difference was the marijuana plant because it needed to protect itself from being eaten because it was so low to the ground and so bushy that it produced an extremely high amount of one of those cannabinoids, which were THC. Because if an animal ate it, he would go fall asleep somewhere and then he itself would get eaten. Right. So the animals learn, don't eat that damn plant over there with the sticky buds on it. <laughs> <laughs> so they're really very similar, to be honest. Right. I, I, in, a, in a perspective, in my perspective, the way I was just sharing it, you're still correct. But another way for baby boomers to look at this is literally that plant just came to be because it was just trying to protect itself. So over 200,000 years, that's how it evolved. The hemp plant did not do it. It's a tall, ugly thing. Barely can get to the leaves. That's it. Yeah. And it, ha it has very little THC in it. Well, that would be the normal cannabis family. Correct. Yeah. And it's fibrous. So the animals didn't want to eat it anyway. Yeah. So anyway, I threw that in because if we're talking about breaking down some of the barriers that may be there in the baby boomers mind, that seemed like a useful piece of information to sneak in. Let's keep going. All right. Ed, get off the coach horse. Not, not today. Let's finish that. Anything else on external? How did you feel about cost? The cost was getting ridiculous, actually. Um, and so it got to a point where it's like, okay, what's more important? And like I said, as I was growing older, uh, other things were coming into um, the picture, like a house payment, uh, electric bill, um, credit card bills. That all came first. So some of this had to be put on the back burner for a while. And then when you did get it, it was like you 
went overboard with it, and <laughs> you were good to go for about a month or two. Yeah. All right. All right. And how do you feel that you are you were positioned when we read that the average spending per month was seventy six dollars? Were you over under that? Over. Over it. Got it. And Kim, what are your thoughts? What do you what do you see as an average spending per month? And if you can maybe even just think baby boomer if, if that's possible. Yeah. Now, again, in the beginning, you might spend a little more mm. because you're trying to figure things out. Makes and sense. You, and you'll probably get like a topical and either a tincture or capsules or whatever your choice is for that. Um, so that topical is going to last you more than a month. Then you can figure out how this all works for you. You use your topical and your capsules together. You're doing it all together. The next month, you just need the capsules. You don't need the topical also. Okay. So I'm thinking 75, 75 to 100 sounds high on an average month. Um, but it could be if you, again, depending on your capsules and your milligrams and yeah. all those things, some people are higher, some people right. are lower. It just depends. But if you can get to a place where you know how everything works, I would say 75 is a, a good average. Okay. So you agree cost with that? A month. And this is with your product? Yes. And I'm talking about combining CBD, THC, I'm talking topicals. I'm talking. Everybody's in there doing what you wanted to do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've found that the CBD products are a little easier to take, and um, I can still function. That's that's the neat thing about it. And so I'm just freshly being introduced to this. So um, I'm enjoying it so far, and you know, um, it's not really taken hold quite yet. But I'm going to give it some time. Yeah, and that's where I wanted to, if you, I could ask you to share your earlier experiences. Now, we're only going to go to the medicinal side, so likely just the hemp-based products. Uh, what were your earlier experiences trying out the hemp-based products, the CBD products? It's only been recently, um, maybe two years at the most. Okay. And uh, like I said, I'd try it a little bit, and then I'd quit, and I'd try it again, and I'd quit. And so it really didn't show any any colors to me uh, okay and that's when i have learned that uh i just got to stay on top of it it's like waiting for a headache why wait till it's extreme before you take your tylenol yeah um and i do take tylenol quite frequently frequently and would like to get off of it because um that pharmaceuticals they're all bad for you um and the older i get the wiser i get so yeah yeah, you're in a, you're in a uh, large group. Yes, you, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I believe that. Big. Yeah. Um, so did you also have anything in your life that would have prevented you from getting, doing the product or getting results of that product, i.e. drinking, i.e. Uh, other point. pharmaceuticals and stuff like that? Good point. Um, I do drink. Um, I drink pretty much daily. Um, considered an alcoholic, nah, I don't know about that, but um, apparently the alcohol does get in the in the way of the of the CBD product. So 
um, there's a weight and, and measure that I have to do to myself, uh, consciously to, to decide which way I want to go. And, yeah. um, I got to at least give it a try. So, uh, the alcohol is, has, um, made me feel good for years. Um, and like I said, I think I'm getting a little wiser as I get older. And so I'm looking at, uh, an alternative and, and this might be the ticket. Yeah. Again, I think Kimberly, haven't we heard this a lot? Yeah, yeah, of course, and and we all, and we all know Kimberly loves her glass of wine at night, um, <laughs> right? But I I do have a lot of customers that are maybe moving over to THC to um, maybe drink a little less, take the place of yes, and uh, I mean I I always encourage it. I don't think a drink a night is a problem, no. but again, we're baby boomers and we've been we're accustomed to something um i i never believe in taking anything away from you um just cold turkey because your body's used to what it is but yes thc in the evenings if you're feeling like you just don't you know you need something to relax i think it's a great way to go yeah do you remember the uh the uh beverage vendor the the ceo from the the wine Oh yeah, gosh! Do you remember I, I the name of the brand? I still haven't gotten to Sweet Dreams. So, uh, so Steve, so in line with that conversation, we had a very interesting guest on our show, the CEO of a brand called Sweet Dreams, and what he did is he took two bottles of wine and converted them over to THC. But no there's alcohol. no alcohol in no there. No alcohol at all. This is an adult beverage designed to look and act like a like a glass of wine. And so if you think about THC, when you consume it through your digestive system, it can be 45 minutes to an hour before you get anything. And can you imagine sitting around taking drinks, you know, like a normal person? Right. By the time you, you were done talking, you'd already had four and you're just, you're, yeah, it's, the storm is coming. <laughs> so he figured out how to create it so that it had the exact same time frame that alcohol did. So within 12 minutes or 15 minutes, you were feeling that glass already, and then you could time yourself. Yeah. Well, drinking is a social thing anyhow, yeah, and, right? and it's like smoking cigarettes. You, you get that habit of pulling that cigarette up to your lips, and it's, it's just something that you like to do. Yeah, yeah. So if we can mix it to um, something that isn't as bad for you, I'm all game for it. I know, and I think that's what he did. He went, there's a lot of people that want this. Yeah, A lot he, of people like, I'm in- getting tired of the alcohol, so I just want to move to something else right and he kept it in low milligrams you know it's it's not something you chug yeah (laughs) social sip it just like you would in a a beverage and uh he made a margarita and a wine yeah oh that's right that's right he did the two drinks were uh, yeah just that uh so again i just to give him a prop again that was sweet dreams all right uh which by the way is a local product here in arizona yeah all right um so steve so now moving to today, uh, any changes that you want to share? Anything has changed over time with just the CBD use? I might have to get back with you on that one. I can't think of anything right now. Good. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're going we're gonna to work on Steve. We, we have some 
ideas. Maybe he maybe he wants to do like a CBD gummy instead of a tincture. Sounds, we're gonna we're gonna work. Sounds like Kimberly wants to uh, yeah <laughs> give you some coaching. Yes. Uh, which by the way, I'll tell you you'll be in good hands. You get it from me and. Yeah, yeah, I just don't stop talking, so. <laughs> There's a reason why you're the the main guy on the CBD and, Ed show. And it's my understanding that if I want an order, I don't talk to him, I talk to Kimberly. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go, that too. <laughs> so, when we were rattling off those statistics, all the different, uh, how they were using it, who was using it for what, and so forth, did you feel that you connected to a lot of those statistics? Do you see the younger people around you doing it more? Yes, I do. Right. Uh, and it's more commonplace. Um, I look at them and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, we stopped, you know, we ducked into corners and oh, yeah. took little rides in our cars and had our windows rolled up and then waited for the perfect moment to roll them down so nobody knew what we were doing. Yeah. <laughs> now it's just common practice and it's and they're kinda, confident. And it's, yeah, it's, and it's, uh, it's a little different to see. Um, I don't think, you know, I could ever smoke anything in front of my mother just because she was the one that put the fear of God into us yeah. as far as that goes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when we were teenagers, we didn't smoke that they knew of anyhow. Yeah. So, um, but to see today as they walk around, like it's just something common as smoking a cigarette. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think when I look at the millennials, I look at that age group, especially the younger side of the millennial generation uh they have no real pains yet so the only reason they'll be using it will be one or two either uh either they want social or and social will include anxieties mm-hmm. like increasing uh or decreasing their anxieties why they're in a social behavior but i i see that's the most uh that they'll use it and i see yeah with it being legal now it's they moderate between the two plants based on the environment they're in yeah. but they're completely comfortable with it oh yeah 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 i have a i i have a, a lot of customers that are well honestly i don't know if they're doing it um all day you know every day no, like that. I, no. I i agree i agree with that but they're, they're, but intellect they're more is comfortable good. like yes. if they if they need to reduce anxiety they go to the hemp side cbd where they're not high if they want you know low social with very little psychoactive they go to some of these uh newer products like delta eight yeah if you know they're in party mode they go to thc9 yeah so they they have all these tools and they're they just move around them fluidly yeah they're more comfortable um uh recently they were a a little sketchy about delta eight in the beginning and I mean, honestly, will it stay? Who knows? All I these know. Candidates. Right, right. I mean, that that was a quick money grab, I believe, by the industry. But it is a mellower um, type of situation. So that's what they're embracing is that they're not, you know, they're not stoned out of their head and they can still engage and hang out with their friends and not be overly and, high. And that's what baby boomers are not always there they're clunky they're moving around this product unsure yeah not really it's not fluid it's much like what you see an older baby boomer when the first time the the uh 
the hand devices, the, the, the iPhones and the, right? So they're no longer just a phone. They're, you know, a complete system. And this, to watch them trying to figure this out makes me think that's how they're looking at today's cannabis in the same manner. Just kind of clunky. Well, and we're talking about baby boomers that uh, maybe tried it when they were younger. Um, they and also then, used and then, a regular phone when they were younger. Right. And then they stopped <laughs> and now they're back. And it's a whole different New game. It's a whole different yeah. game now. Yeah. So they're trying to figure it out. Now, us who never stopped. Oh, uh, good point. So you have are, that group. Yeah, there's two groups of baby yeah, boomers. Yeah, you're definitely. right. You're right. Oh, I've been good doing point. this my whole life. I've been telling everybody that this is a great thing and that you can't hurt yourself and all this other stuff. Yeah. And then there's the other ones that did not you know what that yeah, it's, yeah that's perfect perfectly said right well yeah i gotta say that um like i said i i've smoked pot weed bud whatever you want to call it <clears throat> since i was 16 17 years old maybe not wide open every day you know just being a stoner like we had a series of people or an age for a long time that was that were called just that stoners. Yeah. Stoners, yeah. Right. Um, and I believe that I have actually um, um, lived a very successful life, and it has not done anything to me as far as take anything away from my life. Yeah. Uh, I owned a business for a long time. I spent time in the military. Um, yeah. And I mean, I'm 60 years old, and I'm still here and rocking and rolling. Yeah. yeah. I, I can attest to that. He's sitting here and that's exactly what he looks like. <laughs> minus, <laughs> minus the hair. I, I wanted all the baby boomers who are listening to give yourself a break. This is, this is just a new cannabis world today. And no, it does not look like the cannabis world in the 80s. No. Very not, true. Not even close. Very true. Very true. So, you know, give yourself a little bit of break that, you know, the, the, the uh, millennials grew up into this stuff and we, we, we didn't. So it's new tech. But so, all right, now that's all the time that we have to spend on this topic. Okay. I certainly hope this was entertaining and informative. We normally always like to do that. I also want to share, and, and, and Steve. Thank you. I definitely want a big thanks to you. Thanks for having me. This is um, different. I've never been on a show before. <laughs> I, I like that we were able to offer that too. There's a big smile on my face. So I also want to say that Kim and I are... Uh, starting in June, we'll be taking a break for the summer. Uh, but for all your listeners, we invite you to please go through our library. We have over 120 episodes mm -hmm. uh, and uh, go through the titles and find out if there's something that you would find interesting uh, and listen to that episode. It's all free. Uh, so feel free to do that. Okay. Uh, I want to thank all the listeners who follow us. And it's working. Yes. Cannabis is moving in a very good direction. Yeah. So that's a wrap for today's episode of the CBD Ed Show. This is Ed. And this is Ken. Sharing what's possible with natural pharmacology. Bye now. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the CBD Ed Show. Please join your host, Ed Cheney, for another edition next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. We can also be heard each week on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until we talk again, enjoy the upcoming weekend, and we'll be back with you soon.